Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Mandy Connell Show is sponsored by Bell & Pollock Accident and Injury Lawyers. Now, it's Mandy Connell on KOA, 8.50 a.m. and 94.1 FM. right now doing this the arm thing everybody does it with thriller okay fun fact a rod this is kind of nerdy i'm mandy connell that's anthony rodriguez also known as a rod as it out susan witkin is now cleaning my door handle because she loves me so when this video came out i think a rod knows the whole thing so when this video came out i don't remember what grade i was in maybe ninth grade it came out at midnight the whole 15 minute version of this video came out we stayed up and MTV just played it over and over and over and over again on a loop. And we watched it until like four o'clock in the morning. That was a good time, kids. Good time, kids. Good time. Happy Halloween, everybody. Woo! A-Rod went to boot the zoo this weekend. I'm sure everybody's going to have their kids out tonight trick-or-treating. Let me ask you the question, A-Rod, because you took other people's children with you to boot the zoo. Yes. Did you take a candy tax? Did they get candy or did they not give out candy at the Boo at the Zoo? Once again, they did not do candy at Boo at the Zoo. I thought we were, you know, in the clear enough to get it. Apparently mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, but that's okay because that would have been that much more sugar into the veins of the children. Right. It was, uh, there's enough energy there. Yeah. Without the candy. Yes, so, there is. We're okay. That's okay. So they, I'm, they are all right. I'm excited about tonight's candy taxes coming in. I mean, it's tax day for parents everywhere. When your kid comes in from trick-or-treating, you go ahead and take the candy tax. So that's an exciting uh, thing uh, that's happening Oh, you're one of tonight. those. What was that? No, I'm just kidding. Of course you can do that. Yeah. Uh, of course. No. You got it. I mean, that's required. Your kids have to learn about taxation and what a better way than rating their candy for the good stuff. See, when you don't have kids yet, you can just go get a bunch of candy and eat it until the kids come take it all. I, we don't have trick-or-treaters at our house, uh, just where our house is located. We just don't have a lot of trick-or-treaters there. And I finally, after four years of buying bags of candy, I finally was like, you know what? Let's just stop pretending that I'm buying this for Halloween candy because I'm not. It's so obvious that I'm not. So let's just end the charade. And I stopped buying candy. Anyway, uh, we have a lot of stuff on the blog today. I just talked to Heidi Ganahl on the way in. She's going to come on the show at 1235. They just got some really interesting internal polling that we're going to talk about. And uh, so I'm going to add Heidi. Well, I won't add her to the blog, but in theory, I'm adding her. Anyway, where's the blog? It's at mandysblog.com. How about that? Go to mandysblog.com. Look for the headline. I can't read the headline. It says, hang on one second. I got to do something here with my computer. What is happening here? My computer's gone wonky. And I cannot get to my own blog. Let's see. Let's do that. All right. Here we go. Go to mandysblog.com. Look for the headline that says a spooky podcast. And it's time for some clean speech Colorado. Click on that. And here are the headlines you will find within. Good evening, Mr. Mrs. North and South America and all the ships and clippers at sea. Let's go to press flash. Today on the blog, my ballot guide is 
Oh, nice. I like that. My ballot guide is right here. Can you clean up your speech for a month? There's something scary about this podcast. RIP Republican Minority Leader Hugh McKean. Real estate iBuyers are pushing down market prices. The O'Day-Bennett debate this weekend had some fire. Only 17% of black people support defunding the police. Doug Coe residents vote yes on 5A and 5B, please. The exodus out of downtown office space is not over. How much is Thanksgiving dinner worth to you? Elon Musk's first days at Twitter have been eventful. Can we all agree that too many influencers are just selfish jerks? About that Paul Pelosi attack. Americans aren't as divided as our political system would lead us to believe. A black man finds out the media has been lying about conservatives. Timeline cleanser of the day. Little does Poppy know this is her future. She's a keeper. A prego woman may have set a spearfishing record. These are actually boops. Dude. Two Americans are dead in that horrible stampede in Korea. This is a really bright idea for a Halloween costume. Do you like oranges? Did you know this? And now, Oreo spaghetti pancakes, because why not? Ever wonder how those fun-sized candy bars are made? Those are the headlines on the blog at mandysblog.com. And we've got some good videos on the blog today. So have you tried this pancake spaghetti thing? I got to tell you. Got to happen. A lot of uh, stupid food stuff on, on social media that I look at and go, yeah, that's a hard pass. I'm not doing it. Pancake spaghetti has me intrigued. I'm like, mm, I, I actually think that that would be kind of cool. Kind of cool. You, uh, you, you bring up social media and I have to give you an update and what? ask you a question. What's that? Have you hiccuped yet since we last discussed? I have not. Well, I did this past weekend. But I have not, but I brought, you know what's in this cup right now, though? I have fizzy water in this cup. So this, any minute now. I, uh. I definitely got the hiccups this morning. Did it work? Definitely no, wait, tried we've got it. A, we've got to fill okay, in yep, the blanks yep, for yep, people. Yep, yep, we yep, got to yep. re review here. So apparently, via social media, if you have the hiccups, all you apparently need to do, due to our past of our evolution, past, yes, yes, with potential gills or at least something that, resembled gills that allowed some breathing apparatus of sorts. Uh, yeah, apparently if you just tell your brain, remind your brain, if you will, when you have the hiccups, hey, brain, you're not a fish. Apparently that's going to stop you from hiccuping. <sighs> yeah, no, I'm going to call FUBAR on, uh, on all that. Uh -huh. Did that this morning, felt yes. like an idiot, definitely <laughs> didn't work. <laughs> Said it multiple times, both in my head and out loud. <laughs> Uh, my wife, I rolled pretty hard. <laughs> it did not work. The, the, I am an idiot. This is what, so, okay, on, my, on one of my first shows, and guys, it's Halloween. It's going to be a little loosey-goosey. I got Heidi Ganahl coming up at 1235. I've got um, one of my favorite interviews with Rab, our annual interview now with Rabbi Raphael Liban. He is going to talk about Clean Speech Colorado. If you are feeling like everyone is agitated and angry, this is a great thing for you to jump on board with. It's really easy. We've got guests from the Something Scary podcast coming up. So it's going to be a little bit of a loosey-goosey show. But that being said, uh, back in the day, we were talking about hiccups. What? Where was I going with this? Oh, so my first real job in radio, I had, my first job in radio was terrible and not even men worth mentioning. It was that bad. There's no point in talking about it. Second job. I was the producer for an overnight show on a, on a hot talk station. And at the end of every show, we did what we called the dupa, where we just, people called in live, we punched them up, said nothing, except you're on the dupa, and people would just shout out random things. 
one guy called every single night for like two years just to say, did you know Richard Crenna invented tartar sauce? That's all he said for years, for years. But another guy used to call and say every night, did you know your dog's feet smell like Fritos? And I was like, you know what? That sounds like a lie. He just wants me to smell my dog's feet so he can laugh at the fact that I picked up my dog's foot and I smelled my dog's foot. And then he's going to have a big chuckle because I fell for his little gag, but right? I'm not doing it. that. Well, fast forward. And I found myself in a situation one day where I was sitting down on the floor, mm -hmm. leaning with my back against the couch. Go with me. I'm leaning with my back mm -hmm. against the couch mm -hmm. on the floor. And all of a sudden, my young scamp of a dog jumps up on the couch and lays down next to me. So just to my right, if you just glance, what do you think is there? A little dog foot. Hi, Pa. And I was like, no one else is here. I'll just do it. And no one will know if I did it. And if it doesn't smell like Fritos, I'll just never admit that I smelled my dog's foot. Smelled my dog's bond. Wouldn't you know it smells like Fritos. It was insane. So that night when the guy called in, he's like, did you know that your dog's feet smell like Fritos? I was like, as a matter of fact, I do. Because I smelled my dog's feet today. And they do. And he never called back again. So it was just, it was a bizarre world little show. So similar to the hiccups, just tell yourself you're not a fish. Yeah, okay. Unlike yours, mine was a faux pas. Uh, uh-huh. Wow. Uh, yeah. That was, a <clears throat> that was a stretch. That was a dad joke right there for sure. Uh, this weekend, we had a fiery, fiery debate, which I never thought I would say, between Michael Bennett and anyone. But the debate between Michael Bennett and Joe O'Day had the fire that I wanted to see, had the fire that I wanted to hear. It was a very good debate for Joe. It was not a bad debate for Michael Bennett, if I'm perfectly honest. They both showed more fire and more passion than I've seen uh, from Michael Bennett ever. Like ever, if you were, like, I'm, I, did they give him a Ritalin? What did they do to amp him up like this? No, I'm just kidding. I don't think they really gave him a, a Ritalin. I do think they give the president a Ritalin when he has to give a speech though at night. Um, otherwise, you're just gonna have a guy blabbering about pudding. Anyway, if you wanna watch it, I embedded it on the blog today. It's very good um, if you're confused about it. I, I doubt anyone listening to this show at this point is confused about who they're gonna vote for in the Senate race. You're either locked in for the Joe Biden agenda at 98% approval with Michael Bennett, or you are going to be a sensible voter and vote for someone who is not going to continue spending like a drunken monkey and creating more inflation. I'm, you, you make the choice. It's on the blog, though, so you can check it out. I am at the point now where I tried to watch my, the, one of the only shows that I watch live every week. And, and I watched the Broncos game. I was telling A-Rod, congrats to the Broncos. I've decided that every, every time they win, A-Rod, I'm going to wear my Broncos shirt after as a little celebratory thing. Right? So hopefully I'll be wearing this shirt a lot the rest of this season. But I got up Sunday morning. I'm an early riser anyway. It doesn't matter if it's the weekend. And I got up and I turned the game on just in time to see Russell Wilson get sacked. Turned the game off. Came back a few minutes later. Watched another disastrous performance by the offense. Turned it off again because obviously I was the problem. And then I waited, went back in the third quarter, and things seemed to be doing much better. So I stuck around for a while. But that being said, um, getting up early to watch football is bizarre. It's, it's, I, I don't like it. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. I don't like 7.30 a.m. football. It's not good. It's not good because none of this stuff, you can't crack a beer and watch football at 7 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday. Oh, in the first half, I think they forced many people to. Well, but uh, maybe. Just saying. But it feels wrong. You can't have beer before you go to church. 
that just feels wrong, unless you're Catholic, in which case it's welcome. Uh, and I, I mean, say that as a Catholic. The, I'm not, gri the I'm gridiron not is the cathedral for some. Yeah, it is. It is. I was reading a bunch of um, quotes by Frank Zappa. Don't ask me why I went down there. It was a whole thing that I was helping my daughter with. I was reading a bunch of Frank Zappa quotes, and he was actually talking about the fact that, you know, for some people in our country, and he specifically talked about football and baseball. He's like, some people love to sit and drink beer and watch football, and it does absolutely nothing for me, but God bless them. If that's their thing, he's like, that's what makes some people incredibly happy. And I thought to myself, in times, certain times in my life, I have been that person. When I was in college at Florida State, football was extremely important to me. And it remained extremely important to me for like 15 years. And then other stuff got in the way. And it just doesn't have the same pull that it used to. I got busy. I think that's what it is. I don't have time. I mean, people, like I, some of the guys, how many how many fantasy football teams do you think like Ryan or Ben run? Oh, Ryan is part of double digit amount of fantasy football. How do you have that kind of time? He doesn't. He makes it. I'm somehow. like, what? It's a very time consuming hobby. But s Sunday morning at seven football did not, did not work well for me. I, I did not enjoy that. It was not something that, uh, Mandy, that's why they have mimosas for those early games. Dang it. You are mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. You are right. Mm -hmm. Dang it. Dang it. Smells like Fritos. I thought I was going to go smell the Statue of Liberty because you smell. You, you said it smelled like freedom. The air around it just smells like freedom. You don't have to get up right next to it. You had the freedom to do that. Exactly. To smell your dog's paw. Yeah. Just I don't think you can have... do that. I don't think you can do that in every country. Might be no. arrested for that in some countries. No, I, I highly recommend a trip to the um, to the Statue of Liberty. Okay. Definitely, I'm, gonna th definitely thought you were about to say I highly recommend smelling your dog's paw. Well, that's entirely up to you. Jinx, my current dog, her dog doesn't, her foot doesn't smell that much like Fritos. You better believe the next opportunity I'm going to take it because now I want to know. To smell Poppy's foot? Yep, yep. I have a video on the blog today. Poppy is A-Rod's dog. And if Poppy wants to know her future, uh, this guy made an iron dog costume for his dog. And I, I have to say, it's pretty incredible. This guy is like half nerd, half engineer. And... Now I, I'm I would like a I would like an iron dog costume for my dog, but I'm not going to do all the things that this guy did to make it. No, I probably won't, only because I don't think I could. But if I could, you better believe I yeah. would. Yeah, Poppy's on there today mm -hmm. as well. All right, so here's how the day is going to lay out. I've got some stories on the blog that we're going to get to a little bit later, including one I am getting increasingly irritable about eye buyers for real estate. And if you don't know what an eye buyer is, you hear the ads right here on the station. Hey, we're going to give you cash for your home. They don't, they don't have an investment in our community. And now they are going to be the leaders in dragging down market prices because they don't necessarily make their money. They do make money usually reselling and flipping houses. They make money on fees. And so they don't care if they take a loss on a certain home or a several homes because they're a big corporation that's traded with stockholders and they have some breathing room for that stuff. But what ends up happening is that the rest of us completely get screwed. We're gonna jump into that a little bit later in the show. But I do wanna say very, very quickly, this past weekend, uh, Republican minority leader here in Colorado, Hugh McKean passed away unexpectedly. And Hugh seems to have been, and I did not know him, and I don't wanna pretend that I know him, but um, he, based on the responses that I've seen from both sides of the aisle about his passing seems to have been one of those rare politicians that garnered respect both from his own party 
and from people across the aisle for his willingness to try and get down and just solve problems while doing so with a sunny disposition, which is something that is sorely lacking in politics. So I, I felt like it would be remiss without mentioning um, that he has passed and it's been a big shock to Colorado politics across the board and my deepest condolences to his family because that is a, that is a terrible thing. I've been thinking about something that I saw the other day, and I don't know if you guys have seen it. Susan, have you seen this? Susan Whitkin in the newsroom. Have you seen these sudden death videos? And, and now there's a movie called Sudden Death that's, that they're working on right now about people literally just dropping dead. And the weird thing is, is they have all of these videos of people literally dropping dead, but they drop dead in exactly the same way. And I mean, it's super, super weird. You mean they're just walking down the they're street standing, and all of a sudden just drop dead? They're standing and usually they'll lift one arm like, like they see something coming at them and then they'll kind of turn and crumple and they die. And Do we have an age? Uh, are they I, sharing a close age or gender? All I saw was gender? a stream of videos and, and I'm like, you know, and people are trying to make it like that's from the vaccine. I would think it's far more likely that we're going to find out that that kind of stuff is happening from COVID as well, if it does turn out. But sudden adult death syndrome, and I've been all freaked out. I'm like looking at my pulse. <laughs> I'm wondering, I thought maybe you were going to say it's the Martians and they're just picking oh, no, people off but that would a be a really good, um, a really cons- good thought. That's there. a conspiracy theory. Right there you go. Mm-hmm. We got that going for you. When we yeah. get back, mm-hmm. um, I want to talk about a really interesting article about the defund the police movement. Who mm-hmm. supports it? More importantly... Who definitely does not support it? And I don't know if anybody is out supporting it at this point. You know, I I did a story last week and it was talking about how a lot of police chiefs and the union of police think the tide is changing now. Oh, it's got to. Because of the crime rates increasing. People are are backing off saying, okay, we need the police right now. They're backing off saying, let's defund them. We need more police officers on the street. Well, I'll I'll give you some stats when we get back. Mm -hmm. And one group in particular, not down with defund the police and it might surprise some people who it is okay uh triple a says like falling leaves gas prices are drifting down i'm going to tell you by how much and i've got some really big news to share i'm going to have to stop crashing wedding parties for cake what yeah I- i'm going to tell you about it after my newscast i'll tell you why yeah you got to stick around 12 30 right here at koa news talk sports it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. We did the match. Halloween it is, but we could be talking about politics. It is a mash sometimes, a scrum if you were. And my next guest, Heidi Ganahl, is here to talk about some polling data. Hello, Heidi. Welcome back. Well, hi, Mandy. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween uh, for you. Is it tricks or treats today, Heidi? Which is it going to be? <laughs> it's treats. It's treats. We are closing the gap with Jared Polis. He and his dark money groups have flooded the airwaves with $25 million in ads over the last five weeks. And we just got some, we did some internal polling with Trafalgar, who's a very reliable pollster. And um, Polis is still under 50%, which is a great sign for us. 
and we are about seven points, a little over seven points back. Um, Third-party candidates are causing a little bit of anguish. They are taking up about five points, so... That's uh, that's going to play into this. Okay, let me let me talk about the third party candidates that we're talking about right now. We've got a libertarian candidate, and I used to be a registered libertarian, right? I um, know libertarians. I, I know people who who are libertarians. This candidate is not a libertarian. He's either a Christian nationalist pretending to be a libertarian, or a libertarian pretending to be a Christian nationalist. But I've never met a libertarian who would be willing to pretend to do that if they were a real libertarian. So dude is not a real libertarian. And if he peels off votes from people who think they're going to, you know, vote for some freedom-loving guy, that's a complete misnomer. And then we have Danielle. Danielle was a Republican who didn't win the nomination and in a fit of pique took herself over to the Constitution Party. And now she's got a whopping 3% uh, looking like it was about 3 it was like 3%. And now, exactly three. Yeah, she is only in the race to play spoiler. She knows she can't win. And Governor Jared Polis essentially egged her on and urged her to stay in the race. And I, first of all, I'm completely frustrated that she made these choices in the first place because they were stupid and self destructive and unnecessary. But here we are. And so, uh, if that, if it comes down to that in the margin of error, I swear, Heidi, I, I just. Especially, actually, I feel more more strongly about the fake libertarian than, than I do Danielle. I mean, you know, Danielle just is dumb in this situation. But the fake libertarian is pretending to be something he's not. And that really chaps my hide. So that's my take on I, it. And I'll let you fill in or, or not. No, I agree with you, Manny. And it's unfortunate that um, we can't all rally around beating Jared Polis, who's just destroying our state. And egos and pride are getting in the way. But you know what? We're going to win anyway. Um, we we will make up the difference. DeSantis was at about the same point at the same time out in Florida. Zeldin in New York is about seven points out. He's getting lots of attention. We're starting to get some national attention. I was on Maria Bartiroma this morning. We'll put those clips out. We're going to be in Fox and Friends first tomorrow morning. So the momentum is changing. We had 400 people show up at a rally yesterday in Arapahoe, and just the momentum is crazy on the ground. So we're going to win on the ground. Well, and, and I just I was talking to Ross Kaminsky about this because I got to tell you, Heidi, the question I'm getting asked by everyone that I talk to, and I, I'm not exaggerating, everyone who knows what I do for a living, they go, can Heidi win? Can Heidi win? And my answer is, of course she can win. That That's, you know, that's never, of course she can win. Will she win? I don't know, considering Jared Polis just dropped 10 more million dollars into a race that's supposed to be wildly out of hand. If you listen to the news media here in Denver, they're all like, oh, Heidi doesn't have a chance. Well, then why? Why in the world would they be spending $25 million on advertising if you have no chance? My guess is they have some internal polling that has them a little unsettled as well. So absolutely, Heidi can win. And the second thing, Heidi, is that people that did not vote Republican in 2020 because they really hated Donald Trump, they're all talking in whispers about who they're voting for this time. And I have to think it's because they're voting Republican and they don't want to talk about it because they don't want to get crap from nasty people on the left for who they voted for. And this is exactly what happened before Donald Trump got elected in 2016. I agree, Mandy. And, you know, if you look at the math, it's a three-point margin of error um, Danielle's got three points. The Libertarian has two points. Unity Party has one point. Um, we're seven points back. 
Um, we can absolutely get this done, but this has to be hand-to-hand combat. Everybody has to go out and talk to eight to ten friends. We've got eight days left to get eight great years ahead if I get two terms. So go out and email and text eight of your friends and make sure they're voting and try and reach out to the unaffiliated ones. But people are open to voting for a change right now. People are voting because it's hurting when they pay their heating bill, when they go to the gas tank, when their kids aren't learning how to read. Some kids are in a mental health crisis. It's a mess from what it was four years ago. So hold him accountable and vote differently. Well, what I find remarkable is the happy dad. You know, of course he's happy, Heidi, because his life is perfect. Like he doesn't have to deal with any of the things that we're talking about. But we got a Mad Mom Summit tomorrow night. Where's that? Let's talk about it because I'm going to be there. We do. We are running with this Mad Moms. Mad Mom Rally tomorrow night. But we we would love to have Mad Dads, Mad Grandpas. Everybody can come. 6 p.m. at the Northgate Center um, near Hampton and Sheridan. Got lots of room. We're going to have GQ Barbecue. And it's going to be a blast. We are getting great turnout at these events, and it's go time, guys. We need everyone rallied, everyone excited, everyone showing up, and bring some of your friends that don't normally get involved in politics. Well, I'm going to be there. I have some mom stuff to do in the afternoon, but as soon as my mom stuff is over, I'm going to come do some mad mom stuff on behalf of you, Heidi, and this is not something I normally do. There's a couple things in play here that I want to say before I let you go. One of them is, for all of those people who are saying things like, can she win, vote. Get out there and vote. Talk to your friends and neighbors and ask and talk to them about voting. And yes, she absolutely can win. And the second thing is the state of Colorado is not going in a good direction. And I don't care how many advertisements Jared Polis puts up there to talk about what a great guy he is and how he lowers our, our the cost of living, which is a blatant lie Think about where your state is right now compared to where it was four years ago. If the word is it's not better, then you have to look at who to hold accountable for that. And that's all we're looking to do. Heidi Ganahl, I appreciate you and I'll see you tomorrow night. Sounds great, Mandy. I look forward to it. Uh, Thank you, Heidi. You can go to HeidiForColorado.com and find out more about her. But uh, yeah, I'm actually going out to an event tomorrow night. So I'm pretty excited about that. And I'm not going to lie, there is GQ Barbecue there. They have the best brisket I've ever had in my life. And I'm not a big brisket person. What's your favorite kind of barbecue, A-Rod? I've never asked you this. Are you a barbecue guy? Oh, you, I love barbecue. I was going to say, if you say no, I don't think this relationship is going to work. No, barbecue's great. Okay. Now, I feel dumb when you ask me what kind of barbecue. When you go to a barbecue restaurant, what do you order? Do you order brisket? Do you order pork? Do you order ribs? Do you order chicken? What are we talking about? What kind of meat? Well, chicken is always number one. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, always. And that's just not in barbecue. That's just overall. Chicken is the best meat. Wow. Period. No. Period. Do you not eat great steaks? Um, Because like a great steak for me is the perfect cut of meat. For the longest time, I hated steak. Then I came around and started to love steak. Then about a year ago, I got insane food poisoning from a steak. Oh, gosh. And since then, I don't like steak again. It's not that it's not good. It's just just, I'm sour on it at the moment. Chicken's number one. Uh, Give me some real good pork. Yeah. Pork kind of pork can be bad though, which is disappointing. Um Wait, so what, can in ribs. What world can pork well ri- ribs can be overcooked or they can be not yeah. meaty enough. There's a lot that can I don't go know. I feel like sometimes ribs. pork just isn't seasoned correctly often. Pork should just be simple, but you got to have enough uh, salt on there. Every, you yeah. know, you got to salt it. We just had some really good pork over the weekend at a party, so mm-hmm. I'm I'm mm-hmm. I'm up on pork at the moment. But chicken always no matter what. All right then. Mm-hmm. What about All you? All right then. Yeah, I I always go for pork first, sometimes chicken, never brisket. 
ever. I never order brisket. Um, but like, I'll have I'm, it if it's available. Yeah, it's never my choice. It's never my go-to. But like, uh, you know, I usually do like a sandwich, and chicken is really my barbecue go-to. But on the bone, not pulled. I don't oh, like pulled chicken. It's got to be on the bone. And if I didn't make enough people mad, medium well on the steaks. Oh well, there's the problem. Always. I mean, that is the that Always. right there. Always. That is that's like almost a crime. It's okay. Meat. No, it's all right. If you want to bite into a bloody piece of meat, have at it. So I'll wait a pass. minute. Medium well, just a tiny bit of pink in the middle, just or a, yeah, just a tiny bit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, tiny bit. My medium and well is the, your problem. No, it's not. It's yep. always the best, best no amount of cook. No, always. N O. Mm-hmm. Not gonna do that. Medium well. It's well, not well not, done. We're not having steaks. It's not at my well house. done. It doesn't matter. It's may as well. Somebody on the Centaur Health text line says we need to take your man card. For what? Uh, that's before the steak thing. So what? Chicken? No, I don't know. No, that was no, before no. I said the steak thing. So what was the problem before? I don't know. Okay. But I'm, I'm actually, I don't, I, I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, I know. Medium well and chicken number one. Always. Medium well for burgers, maybe, but not for meat. Medium I, well I, for everything. I struggle when I have people over and they want their meat cooked, like medium well or well. I I can't do it. I don't want well. It's not I, well. Medium well is not medium near well. well. may as well be well. It's not even close is, to well done. Well. It's like well's cousin that lives right next door. It's not. It is. It's not. It goes medium, medium well, well. So it's right there. It's right there. Nah. Anyway, big uh, difference. Somebody just asked on the Centaur Health, Health text line, Mandy, where can I find your goat voter guide? Again, please, every day until the election, it will be the first entry on the blog at mandysblog.com. So you can go ahead. Now they want you, now we have to imprison you, according to the text line, A Rod. So yeah, no, uh, find the voter guide at the top of the blog today. I love some of these text messages, you guys. Steaks should be cooked so long that the animal might live. Yes. The red juice in a rare steak is not blood. It is not. And it's delicious. Gross. Gross. Yum. Gross. Uh, Mandy, you and Heidi need to see the video on Ross's blog called Let Me Buy Your Vote. Well, if you saw my blog last week, you'd have already seen that deep fake video that we both played on the air and put on the blog. But thank you for the tip. Appreciate you. Mandy, feel pity for me. I'm allergic to pork. I could not do that. I could never be... An Orthodox Jew. I would never be willing to give up bacon. Never, 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 never. Free feel, feel free to say that Donald Trump likes his steaks well done with ketchup. Another reason to not care for the man. I'm just saying. This one, um, I live in Littleton. Not seeing a lot of Polis Bennett signs in yards this time. Hoping that's a great time. Go Heidi, she already got my vote. This one, Mandy, agreed about the Libertarian governor candidate. The Libertarian Party has been taken over by a much more right-leaning faction, which is sad. I did not know that about the... And maybe if that's the Colorado Libertarian Party, they're fake libertarians. Because libertarians never want bigger government. Libertarians... There is a schism in the Libertarian Party about abortion. There are some libertarians who are pro-life because they believe that the notion of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness should be extended to a child upon its creation. And there are other libertarians who think there should be no restrictions on abortion because they don't want to restrict um, a woman's right to make those choices. So that particular part of the libertarian candidate party has always been a mess. But this guy is not a libertarian. No way, no how, not going to happen. Not going to happen. Um, People... Let's see here. 
And this one, last last little moment here. Mandy, Sean Boyd did a story over the weekend about a family with issues with furries in their son's school. Sean showed emails that had been hidden or had been denied they existed. I tried to find the story of the internet, but it is nowhere to be found, not on KCNC site either. Did you happen to see it? I actually have it in my email box. It'll be on tomorrow's blog. So tune in for that. And by the way, again, I'm not trying to pick on kids who, who are different, but what I'm trying to do is cast a harsh light on the irresponsibility of the media who tried to make this look like Heidi was crazy. And that's wrong. So that's why we keep talking about it. We really do. That's it. Half nerd, half engineer. Isn't that the same as engineer? Fair point. Susan Whitkin is back in the newsroom right now because that's I my have, daughter. You know? Yes, yeah. It's, I don't know any engineers that are like super cool. And no offense, engineers. I love engineers. I love the engineers in our building, but it's not like but they're like, nerdy. They are nerdy, and that's okay. I mean, really, truly. Yeah. My kid went to an engineering school. Yeah. And she and her friends. I mean, are they? Are they? They're cool in their own way. Okay. You know, that, Whatever just... you need to tell yourself about your daughter. <laughs> Susan to come back in because hey. you said you're not going to be able to eat cake anymore. You're not going to be able to break into weddings. What I, is happening? I, I cannot crash weddings any longer. Why? For cake. No, I could crash them just because, but I'm not going to crash them for dessert bars. Okay. Uh-oh. I'm just not going there and I'm not crashing them for little, little cupcakes or Wait, little brownies. So this has more to do with the trends right now. Wait, no, churros. you did not go to wedding yes. with a churro. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, they're churro bites. Let's just say that I had to eat a dozen to get to equal about two churros that you would normally see they were about two inches long so what is what a regular churro is about 10 like 12 inches 12 inches long yeah 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 so i had to eat about a dozen of them let me just go there yeah for the last the last three and they were wonderful simchas they're wonderful parties they're just great events but what is it what there's nothing cake. with cake there's no cake why? There's what, not what even is the beef a, with cake. There's, there's not even a pretend cake that we're going to continue this tradition. Now I don't know why cake even started for weddings, but you think about weddings, you think about cake at the end, right? I think everything in a wedding has some significance, and I mean this genuinely. Mm-hmm. I mean every little thing that happens at a wedding has some traditional significance, right? So sharing the sweetness, maybe of yeah, a life I'd, together. I, maybe that's actually a good guess. Thank you. So maybe they're sharing a brownie. I don't know, but I'm I'm done. I can't go anymore. I, am so, I can go to this, a wedding, but I can't go crush them Well, anymore. I'm not I'm not in the age range right now. My my friends' kids have now gotten married, so I'm kind of out of the wedding loop right now. I don't mm. have any kids of marriageable age. Yeah. My, these are my nieces. These are yeah. friends of my, you know, my friends' yeah, yeah. kids are getting married. Yeah. yeah, no. We're done. Can't go. I'm done. I'm Even, so terribly disappointed. We I need to get too. a cake maker on the show and ask about this travesty. I did go to a wedding with a donut wall, and I'm just oh, going to say it. No, that's not. It's because no. you hang the donuts on the wall, Ew. and by the time it's ready to eat the donuts, they're all just a little stale. Yeah. It was not, no it, bueno. It's, it looks good. It doesn't taste good. It didn't look good. Yeah. and these It was are, on a pegboard wall. I thought Ew. it was... I didn't like it. That's more I'm just of a saying. Bar bought can I just judge? Can we just judge? This is Susan and I's new side business where you hire us to come to your wedding or your wedding planning and we'll just rip all your plans to shred ahead of time <laughs> so you can actually have a wedding that Susan will want to crash. That's all about Susan. All about Susan. Thank you.
All right, what's coming up in the news? Oh, we've got a lot of things coming on. The Supreme Court is hearing arguments for and against some affirmative action practices at universities. I've got that coming your way. And the criminal trial against the Trump Organization has started. I've got a little bit of background on that right here on KOA. News, talk, sport. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Mandy Connell Show is sponsored by Bell & Pollock Accident and Injury Lawyers. No. It's Mandy Connell on KOA, 850 AM and 94.1 FM. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. It is Halloween. Okay, so this morning, my daughter wakes up every morning with her Sonos playlist. That's her, her alarm. And I walked in and she was playing songs from Nightmare on Elm Street. Let's just go right to the heart of the matter. A-Rod. A-Rod asked me off the air. So what did you ask me? What's the question of the day? Is Nightmare Before Christmas more of, because I think it's both. So more of a Halloween movie or a Christmas movie? Easy answer. I think it's a Halloween movie. I think it's a Christmas movie. I think it's a Halloween movie. I used to be on your side just recently. We watched it over the weekend. It is Halloween trying to be Christmas. If it was Christmas trying to be Halloween, I think what you're trying to be makes the movie. No, but what you are makes the movie. See, there's there's the trouble right there. Yeah, but you're trying to be a great movie. And if you're trying to be something, you're going to want to be what that movie is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's both. Why do we watch it at Halloween? You can watch them both. But why do they show it at Halloween? I don't see a big rush on The Nightmare Before Christmas uh, during Christmas season because there's other fantastic Christmas movies. By the way... I have one final point in the title. Is it called The Nightmare Before Christmas or does it have the word Halloween in it? So it's a nightmare movie, right? Mm -hmm. What's the last word? It's a nightmare. You finalize your big stamp at the end of the movie title is It's because they wanted to be that, but they're not. Mm, I'm just saying. And this person uh, on our Centauri Health text line, let me find it right here. Uh, Mandy, we just have to get through tonight so we can start Christmas music. So we can play this tonight and play it tomorrow too. No, no, no. I mean, it's both. No. So we're both right. No, and we're wrong. not. We're both right and we're both wrong. Because it is both. <laughs> okay. And it holds up, by the way, if you want to rewatch it. It does hold up. It is a good up. movie. I, I'm not a crazy about that style of animation. It's not my favorite. It's not mine either. This is yeah. probably the outlier in that in yeah. that form of animation. What, what is that kind of animation called? Do we know? Stop motion? Is it the, is it, stop, is, is it, it is stop motion. Yeah. It is stop motion. I mean, and uh, while I can appreciate the incredible level of, of work that is required to create that kind of animation. Unreal. Uh, it's just not my favorite to watch. Other than like Frosty and the old stop, you know, motion. Oh, year without stuff. a Santa Claus. Yeah, all of that all day. So yeah, I I'm usually with you. This is the outlier. Okay, it's really good. We shall see. We shall see. Coming up in a few minutes, we've got um, a woman who has a spooky podcast that we're going to talk to her about. But in the meantime, I want to jump on this story very, very quickly because I think it's super interesting. It's about the Black Lives Matter movement, and the link that I have is not the right link. Hang on. 
I have to find the story now because the link is not operational. I will fix that. Okay, here we go. They did a poll of African-Americans um, about a wide variety of issues. And they asked specifically about defund the police because we were told that defund the police was about racism in uh, policing. We were told that um, it was about justice for African-American people, but a survey of black voters conducted by the GRIO and KFF was published last Wednesday. They asked a thousand black adults who say they're registered to vote for their opinion on policing. And about half of those polled, 48%, said, hey, you know what? Policing, great. The funding is perfect. 48%, let's just keep it where it is. Now, 34% of black people polled about police funding said they actually wanted increased financial support for the police. So just to add those up very, very quickly, you've got 82% of black people saying they want to keep police funding the same or increase it. Just 17% responded that they support decreased funding for police in their areas, but the schism gets bigger. When you look at black voters living in urban areas, 39% compared to 34% said they wanted increased funding. That's a 10-point jump from 29% of black voters living in suburban areas who said they, they back increased funds for police. The police, the poll also found that three in four, three in four black voters viewed criminal justice and policing as a very important factor in making their decision about who to vote for, including 77% of Democrats, 68% of Republicans. The issue of crime was as important for those who made under 40,000 a year as it was for those making over 90,000 a year. Now, this is interesting because you would think, based on some of the prominent Democrats who have been supporting the defund the police movement, that this had widespread support and that all black people didn't want cops in their neighborhood. But the reality is, is that many, especially in urban areas, many people live in high crime areas and they certainly don't want to cut the police. It's just a ridiculous assertion. What's fascinating is that I also found an article today that showed that um, Ilhan Omar, who's been a, a big supporter of this movement, in the last three years has spent a hundred grand on private security. Well, of course you want to defund the police when you've got private security to back you up, right? I mean, come on. Um, it is Halloween, and that means that it is time to find something spooky to listen to. And joining me now from the podcast called Something Scary, we've got Stephanie Strange, one of the hosts. She and her friend Blair host a podcast every week to bring you the creepiest ghost stories, urban legends, and folk tales. Stephanie, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, first of all, I've got to ask, where did something scary come from? Where did the idea come from? Yeah, so Something Scary, uh, the podcast was launched four years ago, but it was a spinoff off a weekly animated video series that had been on YouTube for a couple of years prior to that. Um, so it, it's been a really great evolution from that to a podcast. And there's so many amazing, like our audience is amazing and they love haunted legends from around the world and urban myths and tales of the supernatural. So how did you get involved in this? Have you always been interested in the supernatural? 
Yeah. Um, so I'm Latina for, 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 for context. And I grew up in a household where we would always talk about like Salvadorian culture and urban legends. And as I got older, I grew up watching Unsolved Mysteries, like the 80s oh, yeah. version of yeah. the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a lifetime after watching Golden Girls. And um, so I really got into that. And then as I, you know, during the lockdown, uh, 2020 shutdown and everything, the pandemic, I started telling scary stories on TikTok and I grew an audience from there and the Something Scary team found me and here I am. What are some of your favorite kinds of stories? Do you like ghost stories? Do you like monster stories or like chupacabra? I mean, what are you, what are you looking at here? <laughs> um, I, I love a little bit of everything, but right now my, my biggest favorite thing right now is ghost stories because if you think about it, ghost stories have a little bit of like history embedded into it or mm-hmm. like a cultural urban legend embedded into it. Um, I know like right now, since like this is, uh, station is based off of Colorado, there, have you ever heard of Riverdale Road of uh, the urban legends and ghost stories of Riverdale Road? No, do share, do share. Yeah. So it was said that there, that road is really haunted and they used to have like the gates of hell, but they took, took that down and put a park over it. And um, they also had like a phantom car. They had a weeping woman, a phantom runner. And when I looked into this, I found out that a missing girl had uh, been found on Riverdale Road years ago. And her car, she drove like a Camaro. And it was very similar to like the descriptions of this phantom car that would drive people off the road. So I think ghost stories in general, if you really dig into it, it, it gets a little bit of like truth to it, whether yeah. you believe in ghosts or not. Well, I was going to ask you, what do you think it is? I mean, I, I personally believe in ghosts. I've had a couple of experiences that were completely unexplainable. And I think defaulting to the it must have been a ghost position, it sometimes makes sense. But to your point, what is it about ghost stories? I mean, is it because people like to be scared or have enough people like me had some experiences in their life where they thought, okay, that's really weird and I don't have a good explanation for it. And so we're willing to believe some of these other stories or maybe lean into them, whereas otherwise we might be super skeptical people in normal life. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's a way of finding a community because I've had some crazy experiences that I couldn't shake off and I wanted to find a community. And so when I'm online or whether I'm in person with people, it's a way to feel connected with one another. Like, oh my God, no one believes me, but I found my people that do. And then there's also the people that want to believe. There's people that are like, okay, I want to have an experience and I'm open-minded. So maybe like, let me go down the rabbit hole and see what I can find. But then there's also people that maybe don't believe in it, but they love the history and cultural context behind it. I, I find it interesting when, when you talk to people who are anti-ghost. And I, and I don't mean they're, they hate ghosts, but I mean, they're like, that's not real. You're just being so stupid. And I think that they just don't want to admit that they don't have all the answers. You know what I mean? It's like, there's mysteries out there that we can't explain. And some people just cannot wrap their heads around it. Exactly. And you want to know something. So I recently had revisiting memory of mine. I think we also dismiss things too. Like I used to be skeptical and atheist, like non-believer anything. And I remember that there was a childhood memory I had. And basically someone was mimicking my sister's voice. And it was, so I have two sisters. So my sister, my older sister and I were in the room together and we heard the other sister that wasn't there, like panicking, screaming our names. And when we investigated the house, no one was like there and this is before cell phones i'm a millennial so we didn't have like readily cell phones or like a tape recorder um so 
you know, I forgot about that. And I dismissed it as just like, oh, it was a prank. It was a prank. And then later down the road, like, you know, as I got older, I revisited that memory. And my sister was like, oh, yeah, that creepy experience. And I'm like, oh, my God, that wasn't a prank. She's like, no. So sometimes I wonder if, like, since we're just, when we're stuck in this mindset of, like, not wanting to believe in ghosts, if we dismiss memories that we've had in the past as, like, maybe a logical explanation, but maybe there's more to it without realizing it, you know? Because I would have never known that that memory would have been, nothing more than a prank had my sister like looked at me like no I never played that prank on you what are you talking about (laughs) see this is it I think people have stories like this they have those weird things for me there have been two specific experiences and I actually was chatting with our host who's on right before me because he had a guy on to talk about flight 401 which is a a a, um, eastern airlines flight that crashed into the Everglades in 1978 and people have seen the ghosts of the crew People have seen uh, either in the Everglades or in various airplanes and things like that. And I used to be a flight attendant for Delta Airlines. And I worked in a galley downstairs of an L-1011 for a flight. And I had carts coming unconnected and flying across the galley. And I had an oven fly open. And these are things that have multiple latches that you have to lock down because you're on an airplane, right? It was bizarre. I couldn't explain it. When I came upstairs and asked the girls if they were messing with me, they all just looked at me and they were like, no, though that galley is haunted because those ovens came out of that crashed plane. They salvaged oh the plane. God. And when they salvaged it, they took the ovens out. They still worked and they put them in another plane. And Delta bought that when Eastern went out of business. So yeah, I, I fully know that something weird happened that I cannot explain and so for me, yeah, I'm all in. I, 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 you know, I just think that how could we possibly know everything? What's your favorite story that you've ever heard? Honestly, the White House haunted stories. Uh, there was a guy who did a TED talk, TED talk on like just, you know, what I was saying, how ghost stories are history. And I had no idea that like Abraham Lincoln and like all these other presidents had seen like ghosts of like soldiers and stuff uh, prior to. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy. I would love to go <laughs> one day, go to the White House and see if I can experience anything. Um, and I think it was the Obamas. Uh, well, this is a legend. I'll say a legend. Mm-hmm. But it's been said that they saw like ghosts as well while they were there um so i think in general like hearing about things like that i'm like oh my god like historical places that you would never think maybe might have some paranormal activity um but if i were to segue into something else i think one thing that i will always hold near and dear because it scared me so much was the urban legend or the ghost story of la siwanaba it's a salvadorian uh folklore it's also it's like the weeping woman it's kind of like la llorona um <laughs> my, my producer that. said that name earlier he's like oh i know what she's talking about now so uh but but go ahead i'm sorry Oh, no worries. Uh, yeah, so I think the weeping woman is so universal. and Everyone, every culture has a form of the weeping woman and some co- and context with, like, missing children and a weeping woman. So I think in general, like, that story, because I used to, like, hold it very near and dear, we're so scared of seeing, like, the weeping woman. I'm like, what if I go to the bathroom? I'm so scared. And I think overcoming that fear made me, like, more, I guess, stronger and braver now. But everyone has a form of a weeping woman or urban legend or like scary phantom spirit embedded in their culture or region. Yeah, do you think that, um, and I don't know how to ask this without sounding insulting, but I really don't mean it that way. Do Latin cultures embrace that kind of mythology um, more e- more easily? I mean, you look at, uh, we have Day of the Dead after Halloween, and there there's a cultural awareness about death and the afterlife 
for a lot of Latin cultures that is different than our kind of sterile version of the afterlife in Caucasian culture. Yeah, I think for sure. I think, and I don't think that's like an insult or anything, because I feel like Latinos or Latinas, like we definitely um, a lot, it's still like a lot of the South, Central, or Latino America in general is still very much embedded with like religion and spirituality and with so much of a colonization and it became a melting pot of different types of spirituality practices. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's so important for us for sure, like spirituality and believing in that and honoring the dead. I know like even now my uncle, my grandmother, she passed away uh, in 2017 and, uh, you know, for 10 years, uh, for the next 10 years, we're going to be praying for her. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a type of thing, like a little practice that we do. And um, so, yeah, like around December, they go to El Salvador and they pray and, and they it's to rest, uh, to put her soul to rest and make sure that she has a healthy journey in the afterlife. See, that's healthy, just so cool. That is so, <laughs> so cool. <laughs> Stephanie Strange, thank you so much for making time today. I put a link to the Something Scary podcast if you guys when I just go over to the blog. It's right there. You can listen to it on the iHeart platform and I'm assuming you guys are on all of the major platforms as well, Stephanie, right? Yes, yes, we are. We're okay. on Twitter, uh, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram. So yeah. All right, yeah, Stephanie, everywhere. thank you so much for making time today and best of luck with your Something Scary podcast. Thank you so much for having me on. No problem. Have a great day. Thank you and happy Halloween. Uh, Susan Whitkin, mm-hmm. what do you have coming up in the news? We've got the University of Denver coming out with a brand new program that's uh, supposed to beef up the talent pipeline for leaders in outdoor recreation. It's kind of an interesting uh, subject, and an, it's, it's an interesting thing that they're doing. I'm going to have it right here on KOA at 1.30 News Talks. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Sports. Okay. I love the talking heads and David Byrne. David Byrne is one weird dude. He's not like Elon Musk weird, but he's kind of like he could be from another planet as well. My family and I had jam sessions often, like just growing up, guitar, singing, karaoke. This was one of the most songs. You have a musical family? I had no idea. Big time. I did not have that. This song often. Yeah. We, yeah. we did not have that. Okay, I have an update about Paul Pelosi's attacker. And then I've got a couple more things I don't want to jump on. And then Raphael Rab- or Rabbi Raphael Liban coming on. Clean Speech Colorado is a movement he has spearheaded for years now. It is the coolest thing, especially if you personally have been feeling unsettled by your own behavior. I'll explain more of that later. But we now have a statement that's been released. And it seems that David De- and I, I think DePape, how do you say his last name? I don't know, David DePape. The guy who broke into the Pelosi home and uh, slammed a hammer into uh, Paul Pelosi's head. 
has given a statement. I want to read this to you guys. So there's no confusion about what seems to have happened. According to the statement released by the police, DePape stated that he was going to hold Nancy hostage and talk to her. If Nancy were to tell DePape the truth, he would let her go. And if she lied, he was going to break her kneecaps. DePape was certain that Nancy would not have told the truth. In the course of the interview, DePape articulated that he viewed Nancy as the leader of the pack of lies told by the Democratic Party. DePape also later explained that by breaking Nancy's kneecaps, she would then have to be wheeled into Congress, which would show other members of Congress that there were consequences to actions. DePape also explained generally that he wanted to use Nancy to lure another individual to him. He stated that he broke into the house through a glass door, which was a difficult task that required the use of a hammer. He stated that Pelosi was in bed and appeared surprised by him. DePape told Pelosi to wake up. He told him that he was looking for Nancy. Police responded that she, or Pelosi responded that she was not present. Pelosi asked how they could resolve the situation and what DePape wanted to do. He said he wanted to tie Pelosi up so that DePape could go back to sleep as he was tired from having had to carry a backpack to the Pelosi residence. Around this time, according to DePape, DePape started taking out twist ties from his pocket so he could restrain Pelosi. Pelosi then moved towards another part of the house, but DePape stopped him. Eventually, Paul Pelosi gets into a bathroom and calls 911, and this guy realized that Paul Pelosi just called the cops, but he didn't leave, and here's the kicker. He didn't leave after Pelosi's call to 911 because, much like the American founding fathers with the British, he was fighting against tyranny without the option of surrender. He also reiterated that statement somewhere else in the interview. So there you have it. This seems to be the actions of a lunatic inspired by politics. And, you know, Krista Kafer and I had a conversation about this a couple of weeks ago. This is the end result for the demonization that we have of our political foes. And whether it is uh, Lee Zeldin in New York being attacked by a man wielding a knife at a political function, or it is uh, senators being shot at during a softball game, or it is Paul Pelosi being slammed in the head with a hammer by a guy you know what you know what wonder what I wonder about stuff like this? Did this guy really did he think this through? Like what was his out strategy? You know? I mean, I I, I when I see stuff like this, I think to myself, he he obviously is not mentally well because there's no exit strategy here. But of course, if he was gonna go with no option for surrender, I mean that's kind of where that is. But now we definitely know, or or at least according to this. Um, somebody just hit the text line. This guy is clearly not a MAGA guy with his rainbow clap flag and Black Lives Matter sign, not to mention he's in this country illegally. Here's the thing, you guys. There's no point in dropping into a defensive posture about this because regardless of whatever views he held before, and his stepdaughter, I believe, is on the record, and I didn't share the story because I generally speaking try not to publicize or amplify anyone's craziness and because I do think it inspires other crazy people to try similar things. It's why I will never mention the name of a school shooter on this station ever again. I will never give glory or fame in any way, shape or form to anyone who commits such an atrocity. It's just my personal, personal uh, viewpoint on that. 
But saying this guy's clearly not a MAGA guy. Right now, uh, he's, he's espousing some of the same views that a lot of people on the right are espousing. And that is that the Democrats are a danger to our republic and that resisting the Democrats is an act of patriotism. Now, resisting their policies, I'm down with that 100% of the time. 100% of the time. But the notion that somehow you're going to kneecap Nancy Pelosi and that's going to change that's going to save the republic that is not rational thinking but it is politically motivated thinking and crazy people crazy people don't have the best connection to reality you know what i'm saying like i i just don't think that crazy people uh by the way he's going to be held accountable they've charged him with attempted murder as they should but I think we can put to bed the speculation that came out over the weekend. It was really weird, though, when as soon, the minute this story broke, immediately people on the left were like, well, there you go. There you go. There you have it. It's just that violence from the right wing. I'm like the same party that brought you the basket of deplorables is now upset about your tone. It's a little bit ridiculous. A little bit ridiculous. So, um... That is, uh, that's not on the blog. I just saw that pop up. So I wanted to share that with you because I think it's important. I do want to talk about this for just a second because we've got very little time left in this hour. And this is important. There are a lot of people out there talking about, they're concerned about price drops. They're concerned for their house, right? Now, if you live through 2008 and 2009 somewhere else like I did, this can be a really, really, really terrifying perspective. Let me just throw this out here. I know that home values dropped in the Denver Metro, but I have also investigated and know that home values in the Denver Metro in 2008 and 2009 did not even remotely drop like they did in Southwest Florida where I was living. I had friends who paid $900,000 for a house and when they finally sold it, they sold it for three forty-five. So when you're talking about price drops, that's what I think of. I don't think of $10,000. I don't think of $15,000. Now that sucks if you're in the process of trying to sell your house right now, of course. I'm not acting like ten dollars or $15,000 is not a big deal if you're the one trying to sell your house and that's what you're looking at. But for me, price drops of less than $100,000, $150,000, eh, if you're not selling your house, it, you haven't lost anything until you sell your house, right? It's kind of like when people say, oh, I lost so much money in the market. I'm like, did you sell? No, you haven't lost anything until you sell. Same thing. Well, this story from the Denver Post, I, I got to tell you, I'm not a fan of iBuyers. I think they distort the market terribly. And I know in my personal neighborhood, I've been watching, I watch my neighborhood once a week. I sit down and I urge you to do the same thing. Just go to realtor.com. Don't use Zillow. Zillow's house prices are not accurate at all. But go to realtor.com. That's just a listing of the MLS, the real estate listing, uh, and, and just look at what's going on in your neighborhood. And you can click on a listing and then scroll all the way down to the bottom and they'll show you when the house was listed and if there have been price drops. And that is how you tell how your market is doing in your immediate neighborhood, right? Um, in my neighborhood, there have been at least five homes in the last six weeks that an iBuyer, meaning one of these companies that advertise on our station, talking about paying money cash for your home, and it's always like this big voice, like, hey, how easy is this? They have bought a home in my neighborhood and then sold it for less than they paid for it. Now, why do I care? 
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I care because they're dragging down the home values of all the homes around them. When you go to sell your home, they come up with what they call comps, right? They're, well, what else, what are comparable properties selling for in your area? And when these jackasses are taking less than they paid for it, it creates downward pressure on the rest of us. And the Denver Post has a story today. A two-bedroom, one-bath home at 3612 Newton Street, it's a, it's a Colorado bungalow, sits in the West Highland, and Open Door paid $779,000 for this property on April 20th. Six months later, Open Door sold the home for $625,000. That is a drop of $154,000. Now, Open Door didn't give a crap because they are supported by stock and they're supported by stockholders so they can they can work their way through this. But what they don't but what they obviously don't care about is what that does to every home around them. And this is happening all the time. So uh, a business den, this is from the Denver Post again, review of public records found that 36 open door home sales were recorded by the Denver County between June 1st and October 21st. On 19 of those sales or just over half, the company sold the home for less than it paid for it. They just don't want to maintain the homes. They don't want to have them on the books. They'd rather take the loss and get them off the books. And according to the Denver Post, Open Door lost at least $50,000 on 10 of the 36 flips. The second worst flip was a, a Denver home, which Open Door bought for $743,200 in May and sold for $645,200 in August, a drop of $98,000. The other part about this that the Denver Post did not look into or talk about was that for the first time in a very long time, if you are in a seller's market, they're seeing up to 20% of those contracts cancel before the deal is done. I have a theory that a lot of those cancellations are coming from iBuyers who realize they're overpaying and before the contract goes through, they cancel the deal. As a matter of fact, my next door neighbor, my old next door neighbor, who was a great, great guy, he got approached by an iBuyer and he said, not just no, but hell no, because he liked us. He liked his neighbors. He, he didn't want them to have this house. And we ended up selling it to two great people. I have new neighbors that are fantastic. I do not have an iBuyer next door. So the reason I'm telling you this is not to disparage them. I mean, if you want a cash offer, but recognize this. They have been making a lot of money on these flips. In the first four months of the year, when Open Door averaged a gain of $31,000 per Denver flip, think about that before you take a cash offer. Because they don't do anything to the homes. They don't fix them up. They give you your check, and then they turn around and sell them for more money. That's how it's been, but now they're hitting a market where they've kind of run out of suckers, right? And I say that not to disparage anybody who buys a home from an iBuyer. That's not my point. That, that was like a PTSD flashback to 2008 in uh, Southwest Florida. I was doing a radio show down there when the market literally stopped one day. It just 
stopped. Now, the conditions of that market drop were significantly different than the conditions that we have now. In Southwest Florida, you would have a house that was being built and it would sell, it would sell multiple times before it was finished. It was all speculation. It was all speculators. There was nobody that was going to actually live in these homes. I mean, it was ripe for disaster. And when it all hit, I got calls. Here I'm doing a radio show. I'm a conservative talk show because I believe in the free market, right? And I got a call from a woman one day. She was a school teacher. And she said, you know what? I don't know what to do. I've got three outstanding mortgages on three different houses that I bought on the same day. And now there's no one to buy them. And she wanted sympathy for me. And I was like, first of all, if you laid out for three mortgages in the same day, you lied on your mortgage applications because no one is going to give a school teacher making $55,000 a year three mortgages on the same day unless you lied to the companies that you applied to. And she said, well, I didn't tell them about the other mortgage. I mean, yeah, that's called a lie. And people got super greedy and they got super crushed by that entire situation and now I'm very, very skeptical of this stuff. And I think that Zillow put themselves into a real pickle last year. They abandoned their cash offer program last year because they bought so many properties and they overpaid. And here's what happens, you guys. They're, they're not working with real estate agents who know the market. They're just making offers from far away. They're not even looking at the condition of the homes in a lot of these cases, or at least they weren't when this happened. So cry me a river, uh, but now they're messing with my money. Now they're messing with your money. They're messing with the value of your home by doing this. And I am super salty about this. That being said, that being, all that being said, if you're looking for a deal, here's what I'd do. I would go and look for houses that you might want to like in a neighborhood that you want to like and then scroll down and see what broker's offering them for sale. And if it's any of the iBuyers, and I'm talking about Orchard, Open Door, these you know, companies like that, go ahead and make them a low ball offer and see if they'll take it. So there's an upside here if you're looking for property. But for the rest of us, it's not so good. But, you know, try to find the upside. This stuff just drives me crazy because already they're taking your equity. If they're making $31,000 on a flip with no improvements, they're taking your equity and you're paying incredibly high fees for the privilege of having them take your equity. This is why I'm so passionate about my work with the Chad Madlam team. I am a big believer in realtors because when you get to the end of the process, you are probably going to come out way ahead financially. You're probably going to have a much better experience. This stuff is just, it just makes me crazy. It truly, truly, truly makes me absolutely nuts. One more real estate thing I want to talk about. I've been talking about the vacancies, especially in downtown and in the tech center as well. And people keep telling me, oh, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's no big deal. I've reached out to multiple commercial um, real estate agents and none of them want to come on the air because they don't want to talk about the way that commercial real estate is going. Right now, for both the Central Business District downtown and the Denver Tech Center, there is a significant problem and it's getting worse. The downtown office space market lost some 73,000 square feet of leases over the third quarter. That pushes vacancies to 27% of existing space. And uh, the Denver Tech Center, where vacancies rose by almost 20% over the last quarter, is also getting hit hard because people are not coming back to the office. Y'all, you, you could roll... You could roll a burning barrel through the iHeart offices most days and not hit anyone. 
I mean, A-Rod's here every day. We're here every day, but no, we're not. We're we're the special ones. We're not. People are just not coming back to work. But I don't think, especially for downtown, I don't think the worst is over. I know of two two different completely unrelated businesses who are both, one of them is actively negotiating to get out of the lease. And one of them has, I think they said they have three more months left on their lease. They've already opened properties somewhere else. And as soon as they can, they're leaving downtown because both of them in two completely unrelated industries, both of them are finding their their customers and their clients don't want to come to downtown Denver to do business. They're afraid their car's going to get broken into. They're afraid their car's going to get stolen. There's literally, it's a ghost town in terms of like what it used to be in terms of restaurants and other reasons to go down there. And so they just don't want to, I think the exodus from downtown is far from over. And if you own commercial real estate, you better be doing some serious upgrades because it is the class A buildings that are renting. The class B, which is older without the super amenities, they're not. I mean, you should see what they did to our building. It looks beautiful when we moved up to the third and fourth floor, but our building downstairs, Susan, the lobby and everything looks beautiful. Yeah, but- But there's no one- You're sitting in a third world studio right now. (laughs) Let's just be honest. (laughs) That's uh, that's iHeart. That's not the building owner. The building owner did all the fancy stuff in the lobby and everything downstairs. But but we- I know. Shh, shh, look away. I'll I'll check your visa later (laughs) because the sales office is nice. Yes, yeah. it is. Anyway, what's coming up in the news, Susan? I'm just being real, okay? Hey, we're gonna you're gonna be talking with Rabbi Liebad about clean speech, talking nicely, civilly to people. Well, just days after Elon Musk bought Twitter, there's been a dramatic increase in hate speech on the platform. I'm gonna tell you how large of an increase coming up at two o'clock right here on KOA. News talk sports. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The Mandy Connell Show is sponsored by Bell and Pollock Accident and Injury Lawyers. Now, it's Mandy Connell on KOA 850 AM and 94.1 FM. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the second or third hour of the show. And I am pleased as punch to have a returning guest who has come up with an idea that is beautiful in its simplicity. And as a return customer myself, I would strongly urge you to maybe consider taking part in Clean Speech Colorado. And joining me now, Rabbi Raphael Liban, to talk about this movement that he has started to make us all a little more civil. Rabbi, it's such a pleasure to have you back today. Thank you so much, Mandy. It's great to be back. Well, let's talk about it. I'm just going to let you roll out because you do it better than anyone else. Where did your, where did the concept for Clean Speech Colorado come from and what is it? It's a 30-day education and awareness campaign that is designed to help us to upgrade and improve the way that we speak. Being that speech is so critical. And I, and I know I'm preaching to the choir when I talk to you guys, Mandy, because you're, uh, you, know, you speak for a living, but all of us, we relate to each other primarily by the words we say to one another. And 
a few years ago when we got kicked off, when you and I met four years ago, the whole world was fairly cognizant of the challenges that we're all experiencing for lots and various and sundry reasons. It seems like we became less and less able to to converse in a peaceful and loving, respectful manner. You know, uh, whether it was political divisions, you know, amongst the Jewish community, if it's religious distinctions, if it's questions about modern social issues, or just you know the fact that we're coming out of a pandemic when we were all kind of sent to our rooms for a year, <laughs> and we need to get back in touch. <laughs> and uh, learn to, re- re- you know, be in each other's company and and be able to talk and disagree and discuss in Rab- a way that's pleasant, loving, and respectful. Rabbi, I'm going to ask you this question, and, and I, I, well, I'm going to preface it by, with a slight observation that I've been noticing in the last two or three months. It's significantly gotten worse. And I talked about this on the show a couple of weeks ago. I'm not an aggressive driver. I I drive, you know, like a normal person. I try to be respectful. I try to get out of people's way if they're in a hurry. I mean, I I try to be a good driver. I don't normally get flipped off or yelled at or any of that stuff. And yet in the past two or three months, I don't know if my driving is getting worse, but I'm I'm getting these aggressive reactions from people when sometimes all I'm doing is using my blinker to merge onto a road, you know? I, are we yeah. are we kind of losing our civility? I do think that the pandemic has been a big part of that. And and to your point, we've lost yeah. how to interact with people. But do you think that we're all just on edge? Are you seeing that or is it just unique to what I'm seeing? First of all, I think there is a reality to uh, to the, what people express angrily on the roads. I think there's even a term for it called road rage. We did a, a piece on it in, in our third volume curriculum last year, which was a, a, a volume of Clean Speech Colorado totally focused on, on shalom, on, on fostering peaceful relationships. And we just had a day, uh, one lesson, which was all about driving because the most – Mild-mannered people, when you put them behind a wheel, just get enraged by the simplest things. It's, it's shocking. I, I, I feel badly that you experienced that. But I also think that we have come through a period of time when there have been some changes. I don't know if it's, uh, it has to do with some of the digital reality uh, that we're all experiencing, that we all kind of with our algorithms, we tend to be in an echo chamber with people with whom we agree all the time. And so we We've kind of gone through a, a change. It used to be a generation ago that you could differ with someone pleasantly. I mean, gee, I was in, in college and once upon a time, and I was in a debate club. The whole point was to have a different opinion right. than everybody else. And now, you know, it, it, we went from having a respectful conversation in which we differ to everybody that disagrees with me is wrong. And now it's everybody that disagrees with me is bad. Right. And that's, that's, and that's been the big a shift. That's real serious challenge. Yeah, that's a real problem. Well, let's talk about what Clean Speech Colorado is. Of course, obviously, Rabbi, you are Jewish, and um, Clean Speech was initially de- designed to unite Jewish communities across North America. But this is not something that a non-Jewish person could not participate in. And, and as a past participant, I can tell you, uh, it's perfectly fine. It's everyone's welcome to do this. But what is Clean Speech Colorado exactly? Absolutely. And I'm glad that you brought it up. And uh, everyone should feel welcome to participate. It doesn't cost anything. What does it mean to participate in a campaign? So if you go to cleanspeech.com slash Colorado, there you can just sign up and you can join and participate by 
receiving a daily email, watching the daily video on YouTube, on any of the social media platforms, you should be able to find us. But each day is its own short two-minute lesson, which is together a whole curriculum about how to improve the way we speak. This is our fourth year, our fourth, our fourth volume. The first year was focused on a particular um, piece of what I call Jewish mindful speech, which is avoiding something called Lashon Hara. There's a little Hebrew for you, Mandy. And basically it means like slandering someone, Gossip. speaking about a, a third person negatively in a harmful or hurtful way. And it's something that as Jews we've been aware of and cognizant of, and even if we're not perfect at it, but we, we, we've tried to rid that from our speech for thousands of years. Well, that was re- volume one, that was when you and I first met. Yeah, and Rabbi, I'm from the South, where one of my favorite sayings is, if you don't have anything nice to say about someone, come, come sit next to me. So uh, we, it's in every culture, unfortunately. <laughs> so it's yeah. definitely something. So what is volume four about? What are we concentrating on in volume four? Because I am going to sign up and do it again. That's terrific. I'm so happy. This year is called Words of Love is the English. And here the idea is that in, from a um, very beautiful time on a Jewish perspective, love is really a very selfless thing. You say, in, even in modern English, you say, love means what's important to you is important to me. And we're trying this year to help each and every one of our participants to try to be a little more aware of how their words can benefit the person that they're speaking to. Not what can I get from you in this conversation? What can I do for you? How are you going to experience it? And how can I look out for your best interest in this conversation and see that you can end up better at the end? And that's a loving way to speak. Is it, it is it our relationships and it's a selflessness that we try to strive for when so we're speaking. Is it is it kind of like being more purposeful with your language, being more um thoughtful of how you're communicating with someone? I'm not quite sure I understand. Yes, definitely. That is absolutely true. But I think that that describes the overall goal of all four volumes of our campaigns for, mm-hmm. for the last four years. We're always trying to be more aware, more attuned, more mindful. But in each year, we're focusing on one particular thing um, specifically. And, and again, that is that when, you, when, when we speak to someone, there's, there's a kind of a, an exchange that takes place. And we could be trying to benefit ourselves, trying to see what we can get out of this conversation or the opposite, what I could put into this conversation. Can I speak in a way that, is it really all about me or is it really all about you? Right. And that's something that, that is certainly a critical way of thinking, particularly with someone you care about, a spouse, a friend, a neighbor, a relative. But even in a conversation, when you pull up to uh, you know the gas station and, and it's a full serve, how, how are you going to treat that person as another human being? And, and is it really just they're here to serve you or you're here to contribute positively to the lives of those that you're speaking to? You know, that's an interesting concept because I, um, you know, one of the things that I've experienced in my life is, and I'm going to use this as an example, Rabbi, since you just brought this up. I went on a date with a guy and we had a phenomenal time. It was wonderful. The next uh, couple days later, he said, let's go to lunch. Great. Perfect. First great, you know, first date was great, but we go to lunch. And at the time I had just started in radio and I was also waiting tables at the same time because, you know, radio pays so well. And um, this guy was so rude and dismissive to the server. And at the end of lunch, he said, well, I'd love to do this again. And I said, I don't feel good about that. And he said, why not? I said, because that could have been me. 
you were talking to like that. That easily could have been me because I am a server at another restaurant and you were so rude and disrespectful. And this guy was completely flabbergasted by that. He, he didn't understand why I would take how he spoke to a server personally myself, but it's to your point. It's if you're going to treat someone you don't even know like that, how are you going to treat the people in your life like that? You know, I, I think those things all pull through. Absolutely. We're all born naturally a little bit self-centered. That is a normal thing. It's an appropriate thing. You have to learn to take care of yourself from a young age. But at the end of the day, if a person doesn't move on to become more of a giving-oriented person and a taking-oriented person by the, their adulthood, mm-hmm. it's a problem. Yeah. This is something that, that we should all learn to focus on and develop uh, skills towards. And, and if we don't think about it consciously, it doesn't happen. That's why this campaign is, is focused on that. And, and what we've seen over the years is that these campaigns have resonated with people to such a degree. 70 this year, we have 70 Jewish organizations participating in Colorado. And six campaigns are launching tomorrow around North America, one in Canada, Chicago, New York, Cleveland, Cincinnati. And there's, there's been one already this year in UK and St. Louis. So there's a real amazing fire being lit here where people are starting to say, yeah, a two minute lesson a day for 30 days in a row really genuinely can help me to, to gain some new speech skills and habits. It could change my life. Well, and, and Rabbi, and if, if, I, if I could suggest that as people sign up and I put the link on the blog, I put a link on my Facebook page, I just put a link on Twitter. If you want to sign up, what I did last time is that it was one of the first things I did in the morning. I poured my cup of coffee, I sat down, I did my, you know, watched my two minute video or, or read whatever was there. And then I kind of used that to set the tone for the day, you know? And I found that when I tried to do it after the show or I, you know, I forgot in the morning and I did it later in the day, it did not have for me the same impact because I didn't have as many opportunities to try and inter- inject whatever I was learning that day into practice. You know what I mean? It's like when, when you start going out and you start trying to put this stuff into practice, the more you practice it, the better you're going to get at it, the faster. And so that's just my I suggestion on how to do this. That's exactly right. Yeah. Manny, I think exactly. It's like a good cup of coffee. Yes. It's really best for Well, I sit down with my coffee and I watch my two-minute video. Rabbi, let me ask exactly. you one, one question that's tangentially related to this. We've seen some terrible stories about anti-Semitism popping up as of late. And the good news is, is that especially with what happened with Kanye West recently, the response has been overwhelmingly um, uh, essentially saying that anti-Semitism is not going to be tolerated. But the fact that we're still having that conversation is very frustrating. When you guys set forth to do these sorts of things, do you think about that? Do you think about the people out there who probably benefit the most from this, who will never do it because they have this um, irrational hatred of Jewish people. I think that, that uh, the timing is interesting, that the world certainly just saw a lesson that uh, it can be very expensive to choose words that are hateful. Um, you know, I think his, his net worth went down to an estimated billion and a half dollars or yeah. something like that. Um, you know, I, we, we, uh, I'd love it if everybody would uh, join the campaign and benefit from it. I think the world would be a much better place to live in. But, you know, whoever will, will join will benefit. That's, that's what I think. And, uh, uh, you know, we can't – I'll tell you, a few years ago when we started this in uh, the first year, I had a, a fellow who was 
very involved in politics, uh, who, who we were asking him, people would say to me, how can you get this campaign in front of all the politicians? And I'm not, I'm not, you know, harping on them, but that I, was something I heard frequently. And this, this fellow said to me very apt, look, in, in politics, there's a, there's a very um, purposeful uh, campaigning technique, which is bringing out, you know, firing up the you know the, the the voters against your opponent. Yeah. you're not really going to make so much headway with them. They're they're not going to not do this. You're not going to you're not going to break through there. So they said, okay, we're not going to. That wasn't anyway. Our point is really not to affect maybe those types of folks. But you know what? Each and every one of us, our real world is the people that we live amongst and we talk to our peers and our coworkers and our neighbors and friends and family. And those people all could participate and they could change and they will be affected by the way you and I change the way we speak, they will benefit. And if we talk differently about politics to each other, and we can differ with each other in a respectful way, that changes our world very meaningfully. And eventually, I do also believe eventually that, it, that you know, if enough of us do it, then we make, we make real uh, you know, inroads into the whole world. Rabbi Raphael Liban, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for doing this. I actually just sent it to a friend of mine who's a priest in Wisconsin. And I, I said, I want you to sign up for this. And, uh, you know, maybe look at it with a little different lens, but then perhaps bring his parish into this um, next year. I should have done it earlier and I forgot. I'm not going to lie. Um, I very much appreciate your time today. I think everyone should do this. And uh, one person at a time, to your point that you just made, that's how you make a, that's how you change things. That's right. You know, I just want to leave by saying thank you so much. You've you've taken up uh, our cause a drop. You've been a friend, and, and you've had me on the show for these four years during the campaigns, and I just want to thank you very, very much, man. And we'll have you on the show again next year to make it one more time. R- Rabbi Raphael Liban, thank you for your time today. Thank you, too. All right, Bye. have a great day. Um, A-Rod, you, want to, you, you need to sign up for this as well. Dave and I both did. You know Dave is cranky, right? You know Dave. Dave signed up for it and said it actually made a difference. In him, not all of them, as he said, not all of them stick, but they're very interesting and they're just, they're very short. It's a two minute per day commitment. And I found that before I even started doing my show prep, before I even started looking at the news, I would just sit down, I would open that email and I would kind of put my thought for the day. And and really it sounds so, it sounds so Oprah, you guys to say this, but the older I get, the more I know with every fiber of my being that if you start your day setting intentions, being intentional about what you're going to do in that day, there is a much higher chance that you're going to accomplish the things that you say you want to do. Everybody says they want to do something, but your actions show whether you really want to do it, right? So this is just an easy, easy thing. It will give you pause. It will make you think it's really a great program. At the very, at a bare minimum, you're going to spend 30 days thinking about things that maybe you have not thought about before. Susan Witkin's in the newsroom. Mm-hmm. You signed up, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. And it, 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 thinking about nice things, it makes you a better person on the inside and on the outside. It does kind of ratchet back when you start to become irrationally angry about something stupid. Mm-hmm. It does make me think, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. You know, what am I doing? This is not how I want to go about things. Right, so right, back right. to okay. the scorching dialogue in the next segment. So now that we had nice talk for one <laughs> segment... <laughs> Now, I, I want to talk about no. the cost of Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, Jeepers Creepers. Because this one, holy macaroni. You might be having macaroni for Thanksgiving. Oh, I just noticed I went to the grocery before I, I came into work today. 
a can of pumpkin. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Wow, it's a kazauza. Yeah, I just had to buy three of those because I made a pumpkin crunch this weekend. Ooh. So good. Was it yummy? It was so good. Anyway, what's coming up in the news? Okay, well, talking about yummy food, uh, if you're heading out to the airport and you just need that little bit of sugar rush, it just in time for Halloween, voodoo donuts at the airport. 2.30 right here, KOA. News Talk Sports. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. just watched the original Ghostbusters again. Still a fantastic movie. Even with the kind of dodgy special effects, super good. What a great cast. The gatekeeper and the keyhole. Oh my God, so good. Such a good movie. I We tried to make the Q watch that a few years ago and she was too little. Like, this, this was my daughter. You know, other kids would get scared or whatever. You know, they would like freak out. No, she would sit there and watch. And then all of a sudden, she would stand up like an old man, like slapping her knees, like, well, that's too scary for me. And she'd just leave the room. <laughs> she would just be like, nope, I'm out. So, yeah. Yeah. She was like, nope, I don't, I don't want to I don't, I don't do that one. So th- this story, um, where do you guys do Thanksgiving? Does you, do you go to your mom and dad's house, Hey, rod What are you doing there? Do you guys make Thanksgiving? Have you done that yet? We always are with family. It just the venue has changed. Right. Like sometimes it's their house, sometimes it's ours. Yeah. What do you guys bring? Do you do a division of labor or is it your mom who does all the cooking? I am a turkey baby, so I always get to delegate in whatever way I see fit. And so Wait, tip- oh, it's your birthday. I was like, turkey yep, baby. You yep. actually had a turkey as a baby? What mm-hmm. is so well, happy birthday. Yeah. Happy turkey birthday. Turkey day. Burke day. Burke day. Yeah. Um, typically my mom does most of the cooking. We've now started to insert ourselves. Yeah. And- try to help in pieces, but my mom's done it for years and probably will continue to do so. Well, y'all may want to throw some cash money at your mom if she's buying everything because everything is like... Pricey! Holy crap, expensive. I mean, holy crap. Most of the traditional dishes for Thanksgiving dinner have seen double-digit increases. Let me guess. How much is a turkey? Um... Well, what did I hear? They didn't give me any actual prices. That's what's so aggravating. How much of turkey's just, been in the past? I mean, I, how much is like, a turkey? This is going to make me sound super old, but it's like, back when I bought a turkey, five, I mean, I've gotten them for as low as 49 cents a pound on sale. Like, you know, the big right before Thanksgiving sale that we used to have before all the birds died of avian flu and pandemic and blah, blah, blah. That being said, avian I'm seeing flu. they're like 249 now. Let's see. Bird flu going to get in the way of turkeys this year? Um, Uh-oh. I don't know. I know that they've been getting a lot of chickens. Turkey cost. I'm doing the old butterball. Okay, so here we go. According to Instacart, uh, turkey prices, that's 2020. I'm looking for a little butterball at Walmart. I figure that's going to be our best price, right? Holy shnike. Oh, that's a boneless thing there. Hang on one second. 128 a pound for a butterball frozen young turkey, 10 to 16 pounds. So 128 a pound, that's not bad. So we're talking like $20, $30 range. E, well, yeah. 20 yeah. plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a lot. 
Yeah. Just so, the turkey. Yeah. And, and that's just the turkey. So let me give you some numbers it's a whole for lot this. Of turkey. Raising turkeys cost a lot more in uh, this year than they have previously. And I mean, a lot more. Um, it's more than doubled since 2018. It has gone up dramatically since 2021. And it's not going down anymore. Here are the foods with the largest annual increases ever. Uncooked poultry, turkey, 17%. Butter and margarine. Now, let me tell you something. When I make Thanksgiving dinner, I am not exaggerating when I say that I buy five pounds of butter and I use almost all of it. Just making stuff. Make You got casseroles, you got pies, you got things, you got turkey, you got all kinds of stuff that uses butter. That is up 32%. Butter and margarine are. Flour and prepared flour mixes, 24%. Frozen refrigerated bakery products, those are going to be your pies. And thanks, Marie Callender, Sharon's still mad about you burning that pie. That's a joke from the internet from last year. If you guys, anybody else, anyone laugh? Anyone chuckle? Anyone? Did you not see Sharon's pie last year? Just Google Sharon's Marie Callender pie and you will see an epic internet story that started when a woman who burned her own damn pie sent an angry tweet at Marie Callender that just said, thanks for ruining Thanksgiving, Marie Callender. And the internet responded and it was magic. Sharon's burned pie. There you go. Uh, canned fruits, that's going to be your cranberry sauce. I'm not eating that anyway. That was 18.6%. And frozen vegetables. You know, frozen vegetables have always been my jam. They're, they're not as processed as canned. They are flash frozen, so they're super fresh. They keep all their nutrients. And for the longest time, you could buy a bag of frozen vegetables for like a dollar. This is why I reject the whole, we have food deserts and poor people can't eat healthy. Yeah, they can. Frozen vegetables are a really easy way to do that. What veggies are we talking? Uh, I, the only ones I don't like, I don't like frozen broccoli because it gets really mushy. And that's for casserole. Like if you're going to make a broccoli casserole, then you use your frozen broccoli. But the rest of them, I eat pretty much all frozen vegetables. I mean, I, I just do. Uh, Chuck prefers canned peas, which is fine with me. I'm indifferent to peas one way or the other. But frozen vegetables are awesome. And you can do everything with them. And they, they hold their structural integrity, which sometimes the cans don't. So the inflation this year is going to be really, really significant. 20 of the largest ever increases were foods or food categories above other food categories saw the biggest annual increase since 1982, including cereal, sugar, and food away from home. And then they go down to break down why butter and margarine are so expensive. Please, unless you have some medical reason and your doctor's told you to eat margarine, stop eating margarine. It is such a fake food product that it's insane to me that people still buy it. I don't even know why, especially when butter's so good. It's so good. Uh, it's not just the things that I listed. Potatoes, and what's Thanksgiving dinner without potatoes? Scalloped potatoes. Yeah, I, mm. I need you to bring me some of those scalloped potatoes. Ah, uh, yes. Like week after that, just put them in a little Tupperware. I re now remember that you have had them. Yes. Put them in a country crock container and just bring them to me on Monday if you could. That would be great. I have created an addiction in you. They're so... You can thank Chuck, my mother. Chuck doesn't like scalloped potatoes, so I, don't, he, I can't even make them. He didn't have those ones I brought... I, you know what? He's an odd man with odd tastes. Don't care. He'd still like them. I mean, he likes me. He probably would like them That's if, what I'm if he tried them. He just, he's like, I don't like scalloped potatoes. So Thanks, mom. Potatoes are up 17.5% in 
in the last year. And the good news is uh, fresh biscuits, rolls, and muffins are only up 17%. So you got that going for you. I'm wondering if people are going to change what they do for Thanksgiving. I mean, how, how locked in do you think the public is when they go in to buy a turkey and and they see that it's a buck 28 or whatever. Do you make a, a, an executive decision? I have friends that are just a couple and they do a chicken for Thanksgiving, which seems so anticlimactic for mm-mm, me. Mm-mm. I, at least a turkey mm-mm. breast, right? A bone-in turkey breast. That's like the backup. Or even just some big turkey thighs if you're just a couple. Yeah, no, we're talking blasphemy right now. I mean, oh. You're also talking to someone who is very, very biased. Thanksgiving is religion. So that's Chuck is that same way. Yeah, he was, yeah. and we're going to my brother's, my brother in Vegas. We're going to go see him for Thanksgiving, and we're very excited about that. But they cater in Thanksgiving every year. They don't make it, they just cater it in. So I'm interested to see what that's going to be all about. That's part of it, making it. Well, I will tell you this for years, I would, you know, when all the kids were home and there was a bunch of people, and when we lived in Florida, everybody was from somewhere else, kind of like here. So we would always have a bunch of people that didn't have anywhere to go and their families were far away and they weren't going home. So it was like this big to do. And I would cook and I would be so exhausted by the time we sat down to eat that you start to wonder, but then it's such a great fun thing to do that you forget about it until the next year, you know, and then you do it all again. This is kind of funny. Uh, This from our Centauri Health text line, can't afford Thanksgiving, but at least we don't have mean tweets. A fair point. Um, And someone else just pointed out such strong teeth to always eat frozen vegetables. Oddly, I do cook them first. So uh, they they are cooked when I get there. This one, Mandy, remember when stores would give you a free turkey when you spent 50 bucks? I do. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah, Publix used to do that in Florida. If you and it was higher when I did. It was like 70 if you spent $75, you got a free turkey. And now you spend $75 buying the butter and the rolls. They're like, "Yeah. My wife makes butter with a turkey mold. Uh, do the butter so the butter looks like little turkeys. I I ordered some of that online one time and it had apparently melted partially before it got to me. So when we went to take it out, it just went, and we basically just had a lump of butter. I was so disappointed. So, so disappointed. I mean, man, so disappointed. So I'm, I'm wondering how many people are going to find that, you know, this, this is going to be a little scaled back. I, I think this is going to be one of those things where people are going to go for it anyway. You know, and and I have to say there's a lot of food banks around here that do a great job. And um, I'm hoping that everybody who wants a turkey can get one. But we'll see. We shall see. And I don't even know if we're even having turkey. I don't know. I mean, either you do or we're not friends anymore. You have to have no, turkey. No, but well, I'm not in charge. It's my point. Oh, that is true. Okay. Then yeah, you're, I'm, then I'm, you're I'm the not clear. in charge. I keep not being brave enough to ask for a turducken. I don't want to ruin, I don't want to ruin how great I love turkey. I've always wanted to give it a test. Well, here's my issue with the turducken because I have had a turducken and Chuck really wants it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And the one we ordered did not have traditional stuffing. It had like a rice stuffing in it, which I do not like. I am a cornbread stuffing kind of person. Chuck likes regular bread stuffing. So we normally have two different kinds of dressing or stuffing on the table. And it was rice stuffing stuffed, and it by the time everything was cooked, the turkey was like dry as dust. And I don't know if we did it wrong, but they're expensive as all hell, man. The yeah, one we passed. bought a few years ago was like 120 bucks, and it was 12 pounds boneless. 
But it was 12 pounds. That's OG not enough. OG turkey, call it a day. Yeah, there you go. Why did you go boneless? Just to... A turducken. Oh, a turducken. Yeah, they, they bone it first, and then they roll it together. It's basically like a roulade that you get in, you know. I, That's I, Brandon, by the way. He's back from London. I don't want to go as extreme as our pal Shelby Harris now with the Seahawks, but he's very... Much on record is hating He's turkey. Wrong. Hating turkey. I do not. A hate, lot of people hate turkey. I do not hate a lot turkey. of people are wrong. I do not hate turkey, but I will pick ham over turkey every day. You would also be wrong. If I can't on get dark meat, I'm not interested in turkey. Oh, I don't, and I don't care for dark meat much. Really, I mean, look, a really well done turkey. My wife is a hell of a cook, especially on Thanksgiving, and I get to carve it. I enjoy, but it's not something that I. Look forward to. I look forward to football on Thanksgiving and just hanging out. And, oh, and somebody just asked for my vegan Thanksgiving story. You guys are going to have to wait until the week of Thanksgiving for my vegan Thanksgiving Bam, story. That's because, a tease. because now it's time for the most exciting segment on the radio of its kind in the world of the day. All right, here we go. We've got Brandon Cristal in here to play against me. And what is our word of the day, please? Well, first we're going to go dad joke of the day because I have a trifecta for you. Ooh. Okay, hit me. Right. What do witches put on to go trick-or-treating? Um, I don't know. Mascara. Oh. Mascara. Uh-huh. Why, did, why did the witch take a nap? Mm. She needed to rest a spell. Oh, wow. And what are two witches living together called? Roommates. Oh, wow. That's the best Those one. Those are terrible. What area of the United States holds the record for receiving the most snowfall in a 24-hour period? I'm going to say somewhere in Minnesota. Is that going to be Montana? No, like Bemidji, Minnesota or somewhere up there? <laughs> I was trying to think of Bemidji, yeah. actually. Or North uh, Dakota, no, maybe? I'm wrong. I am wrong. I'm incorrect. North Dakota? We should probably look closer to home, if you oh, know what I mean. Uh, Wyoming. Evergreen? Mm-hmm. No. Silver Lake, Colorado, which I honestly don't know where Silver Lake is. Let's look that up. On April 14th and 15th, 1921, 75.8 inches of snow fell in Silver Lake. I'm not saying don't text us, but by the time I look this up, you don't have to text us. Word of the day is a noun. Okay. Easy. Incantation. Incantation is a spell. Yes. Yes. The use of spells or verbal charms spoken or sung mm -hmm. as part of a ritual of magic. I'm ready. Let's Silver do it. Silver Lake is just a little north of uh, northwest of Netherland. Oh, okay. So not I know too where far from yeah. uh, Eldora ski, yep. ski Hill. There you go. I like the way you call it Ski Hill. That's kind of cute. Um, what is our Jeopardy category, please? Jeopardy category is... Oh! Got a Halloween oh, edition. Nice. Yes. nice. Jeopardy category is scary every day. Okay. Halloween story. That's All right. I dropped the summons, terrified. I was over 18. I had no undue hardship. Military duty? None. Mandy, Doomed. What is the draft? Wrong. Dang it. Doomed I for this two-word civic task. Brandon. BK. What is, and my wife has it coming up soon, jury duty? Correct. <laughs> I adjusted vertical and horizontal router antennas. Hit reset for 30 seconds. I called my ISP. Why? Why was this rhyming necessity dead? Brandon, okay. what is Wi-Fi? Correct. Oh, that one went right over my head. Two nothing. Two, two minus one. Two minus one. Two minus one. Yes. It's about to get out of hand. The witch hissed. May all that ear left in your fridge be the two bread loaf ends. Be Mandy, they. What are the heels? Correct. Heels, nice. oh, I was going to call them the crust and that would have been mm-hmm. wrong. And the mechanic said the planetary gear set in this car part is shot. It's going to be $1,700 before labor. Brandon. BK. What's the transmission? Correct. Oh. And finally, 
My little sis racked up $900 in these tiny charges playing Candy Brandon, Crush. Well, these tiny charges, what are, uh, I was going to say service charges. Wrong! But, but at, probably just at What's these. that again? Say that again. My little sis racked up $900 in these tiny charges playing Candy Crush, said to have made $1.5 billion of them in 2018. Oh, they're called like micro something. I have no idea. Right? I don't, I don't I mean, buy stuff on Candy Crush. Yeah. What are micro purchases? Wrong. Micro oh, dang fees. It. I think it's micro, micro transactions. transactions. Oh, okay. And okay. I'm pretty sure BK wins. Yes, micro, he did. Handily. He won handily. How was your time in the in jolly old it was, England? It was great. And obviously the Broncos win was a nice capper. Uh, I'm wearing my Broncos shirt for every victory. Oh, well, there you go. So mm -hmm. it, it's been collecting dust for the last month. Hey, but we're now, not talking about that ugly no, business that no, happened before. It's, it's all about what, what have you done for me lately? That's the nature of this league. The second half, they came together and, and won a big game. Now we'll see if they make any trades here at the deadline. Uh, Bradley Chubb being at the top of the list of who might get moved, but no. getting to, I got to do all the kind of touristy stuff, yeah. which was cool. I obviously worked a lot, which was also great. Got to go to a soccer match, a proper English Premier League mm -hmm. soccer, soccer match at Fulham, which is the oldest stadium in the Premier League, uh, and they played Everton. That was a nil-nil draw, so it would have been cool to see some goals. Ooh, that's but, why I love soccer. Nil-nil draw. But it was, Sounds it so was exciting. still an awesome experience. Mm -hmm. And just in general, you know, I'd never been to England, never been to Europe. And I was looking at opportunities to try to get to Paris just for a little bit, but you could get there by train, no return trains. They had all kind of been booked. Oh, yeah. So I, I definitely want to go back. But like my, si my sister, my wife turns 40. Oh, maybe she don't want to hear me say that. She has a big birthday coming up this summer. And we're talking about going to Europe, you know, for a week, 10 yeah. days, sans kids. I think I would want to go to like Italy or Greece. I don't think England Greece has Greece is spectacular. In, in England and you know our, our pal Yanni from Yanni's has a million recommendations and places to stay. England feel feels a little bit like DC, Boston, Philly. Where it's like, <laughs> hey, come check out this cool old stuff, which yeah. is cool. Yeah, but it's not a destination. Oh no, no, no. Let me tell you something. The old Big stuff ben. in Greece laughs at the old well, stuff oh, in right. London. Like oh, the old stuff in too. Greece is like, oh, look at these whippersnappers over but then there. You had, you had to a great Mediterranean food and a beach yeah. that you just would not. You don't have yeah. that in England. So. The next time I go back, I'd maybe want to do England, Ireland, Scotland. Like all is yeah. a whole big trip. Yeah. But I, I don't know if we're gonna race. Like I'm not. I'm not gonna say, hey, you have ten to come countries see. in ten days. Yeah. yeah don't you don't do have to that. see Buckingham Palace though yet. Like yeah. it'll. Hey I'm kids, look, go. Big Ben. Yeah, anyway, kinda. we're gonna make room. We got the KOA Sports Zoo coming up next. We'll be back tomorrow. Keep it right here on KOA News Talk Sports. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.